Hello, and welcome to Making the Rounds, a podcast by the American Medical Association. Today's episode is part of our Health IT series from the AMA Medical Students Section, Committee on Health Information Technology. My name is Adrian Falco, and I am a medical student at the Texas Tech School of Medicine, and I'll be your host for today. We are delighted to introduce Dr. Garth Graham, Director and Global Head of Healthcare and Public Health Partnerships at YouTube. A cardiologist, researcher, and public health expert, Dr. Graham previously served in two U.S. administrations as Deputy Assistant Secretary at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Dr. Graham, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Finn. And so for those who are not familiar with your work, could you give an overview of your involvements with health IT, as well as any current projects you're working on? Oh, uh, great question. So currently, I'm at Google. And my role at Google is really to build up um, what we're doing around health and, and quality health information, particularly on YouTube. And so um, our goal is really, like I said, you know, to, 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 to have folks um, that get quality health information, um, work with, um, with um, a variety of organizations across the country, um, and to use the scale of YouTube to help um, improve um, the, the, the quality of health information um, that people receive across the world. Absolutely. And could you go into some of the specific projects that you're working on? Yeah. Oh, there are, um, you know, there are a variety of different things um, we're working on. And um, so I was summarize it by saying, you know, we have a couple of uh, key partnerships with um, hospital system like um Mass General Brigham and uh, Mayo Clinic, uh, Cleveland, and a number of hospitals across the country, um, where um, we're working with those hospitals to provide um, health content, um, uh, quality health content on YouTube in general. One of the things we did earlier this year was, you know, try to um, define um, uh, uh, places where people could get quality health content across the board, and we work with the National Academies of Medicine to define the kind of institutions and organizations um, that could provide um, health quality content. And so we did that domestically in the United States, and um, we're working now to kind of scale that across um, uh, the world globally. Today, um, as an example, um, just so happens that we are having this conversation today, but today um, we're doing a particular push with, um, with the American Academy of uh, Pediatrics um, uh, the American College of Physicians, um, Children's Hospitals of Pennsylvania, um, around um, getting uh, folks quality information around vaccines. Um, you know, we, we've done a lot to, to um, tackle misinformation around vaccines on the platform. And now we're also trying to, um, to work to get people quality information around vaccines. So a number of kind of similar projects, but just to give you a flavor of um, the kinds of ways we're kind of thinking this through, you know, tackling misinformation, but also being proactive with providing um, health information at the same time. Absolutely. Especially with all the information being put out into the world right now, it can definitely feel overwhelming and people may not know where to look. In regards to these public health initiatives that you have worked on, what have you found to work and not work? Yeah, you know, um, one of the things I think in healthcare that we need to do a better job of is engagement, um, and um, you know we need to do a good job of not just providing health information that is informative, but health information that's engaging, so that people can relate to the information, um, understand it, and then hopefully act on it. You know, it's, um, in general, and 
um, our plat YouTube is a huge platform. You know, it reaches two billion people around the world in a month. That's about a third of the world's population. So really, you know, our ability to do this um, both not just in the U.S. but in Brazil, Japan, um, you know, across Europe, across Asia, um, requires you know understanding what's engaging. And so I think one of the things we've we've learned um, well and that we're working on and doing at scale is you know this idea of making health information engaging. Um, so that it's not just informative and evidence-based, but also engaging so that people understand. So that's one aspect. The other thing, I think largely that, you know, I came from, um, I did not come from tech originally in terms of my original background in this. And uh, one of the things I've um, learned, and I think it's, it's important for clinical audiences to learn, I came from a, 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 a background both in um, uh, you know, cardiology, practicing um, research, um, and then the health insurance industry. Um, and one of the things that you know is important for folks to understand is just how people are getting real in-time information. You know, as clinicians, we tend to think of the clinical visit as a fulcrum of the distribution of health information. So that 15 minutes, or you know, if you're lucky, half an hour. Um, but truthfully, people are accessing information all the time around the world. You know, they're doing it through their phones, they're doing it in real time. And you know, part of this effort is understanding how you get real-time information um, at scale, um, and you know, uh, and working with so many different um, uh, folks across the world to be able to do that. And we've had some really great um, activities, you know, with the NHS um, in the UK, with the CDC here in the US, um, and other kind of entities where you know, really our goal is. I mean, COVID has driven a lot of that, but even outside of COVID, you know, get people real-time information so they make the right decisions. I can imagine that can present with a lot of additional challenges, especially balancing freedom of speech and combating medical misinformation on YouTube. How do you work with that balance? Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's, that's um, an active um, process um, because, you know, you, sure, you certainly want to have um, folks, especially when you talk about health information, be able to talk about science, debate science, and where there's not air, clear areas of, um, of agreement, be able to discuss and educate people about science. But you also want to be careful about when that information crosses into harm. And so, you know, where we really try to draw the, the, the boundaries where um, we get into information that may be harmful, may, um, may lead people to make um, a particularly harmful decision. So, um, you know, that, 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 that line... Um, is drawn, you know, when it comes to um, uh, increasing um, impact around harm. Uh, but, but it also illustrates, I think, the ongoing um, challenge um, I think we all face with information and information quality is you want to allow for debate um, and engaging debate, um, and as you just mentioned, free speech, but you also want to be careful of when that information may lead to harmful decisions and harmful consequences. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Absolutely. And does YouTube take any measures in regards to that? 
Yeah, you know, so we have, um, um, and I'll use the vaccine discussion because I think that's pertinent to know, you know, so, um, you know, um, information that is misinformation, particularly on COVID, I think um, we've been uh, take, uh, working actively to remove that from the platform since around last year, um, especially, you know, during the earlier stages of the pandemic. We just announced last month, um, uh, sorry, uh, not last month, a couple of weeks ago, um, a, a vaccine misinformation policy where we're removing misinformation um, related to any vaccines um, um, in general. Um, so whether that be flu vaccines, measles, mumps, rubella, you know, all the cadre of vaccines that we know that have been helpful for, for some time. And then today, as I was alluding to, we also want to buttress that with providing, um, you know, um, the users with, 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 with information that may help them make decisions around vaccines in general. Um, getting that from um, some of the partners I just mentioned, AAP, the American Academy of uh, Pediatrics, um, uh, Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania, and American College of Physicians. So, you know, really, you always want to, um, um, uh, the, the, the strategy around tackling misinformation has to um, do with active removal when that information is, um, uh, uh, you know, crosses into that subject around harm. Um, but then you also want to supplement that with um, information that is um, comes from credible sources, but a lot, and but can educate folks so that they can uh, make those right decisions in life. Absolutely. And, and speaking about the people that you're working with, like um, the plans to bring more knowledgeable creators, and, uh, physicians, PhDs, PharmDs, and kind of bodies in healthcare. Um, what is your vision for health content on YouTube in the future? What do you think it will look like? Yeah, you know. Um, I think what we are working towards is just this concept of, you know, bringing, um, engaging health information from doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, PharmDs, you know, um, um, you know, lay lay people around um, who can give credible voices to the patient experience, um, who, you know, again, you know, understanding the journey um, that patients have been through and, and can create um, and and have been creating um, emotionally engaging content, but also educational content. You know, the vision is really to just do continue, expand that scale, you know, scale that across the world um, and have us uh, be the primary place for um, credible but engaging health information. And again, you know, it's, it's important to understand that just producing facts doesn't always lead to people believing it because you know, people come from their own cultural norms and backgrounds and have your own thoughts and beliefs, but, you know, engaging folks um, in a way in terms of sharing health information and being able to do that at scale um, is our overall vision and mission. And um, I like to say, you know, our goal is to make public health public. And the concept there is um, having people in, um, so engaged in, in not just their own health, but community health and public health, that they understand how their decisions um, are important for them, but also for the community and, and educating them with the information to be able to do that. Well, thank you for sharing. I think that's a really important message. I love that of making public health public. And I know that you have had almost two decades of experience um, in this field and across multiple roles. What do you feel like is the impact of your work? And are there any challenges you experience that you wouldn't mind sharing? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I have been in so many different parts of healthcare. Um, but on the practice side, um, um, you know, was, I was in academics. I was chief of health services research um, at the, uh, the Department of Medicine, University of Florida, and then I worked at Aetna 
Um, and then before coming to YouTube, I was um, a chief community health officer at CVS, which got which allowed me to see a, a very different side of healthcare. You know, um, um, uh, when it pertains to kind of retail setting, and then now being able to work um, at, um, in terms of what we're doing at YouTube with health information at scale. You know, I think um, the ch- for me, the challenge is I wake up every morning, and I've always been that way, um, even when I was a medical student. And I remember being a um, just like you, um, a, an active part of the AMA, um, and you know, engaging with my colleagues. You know, I think we all like to wake up and and hope that our efforts um, are improving, both hopefully the lives of, of people we interact with, but also um, um, where we can um, impacting both our communities and the world in a positive way. I think for me, I've always wrestled with that and always tried to think through that and how decisions I make have ramifications. And hopefully, you know, when we're educating patients, when you're in that one-on-one, when you're seeing patients, you're thinking through, you know, making sure you're making the right decision for that patient, but also making sure you're making the right decision for communities in terms of other activities um, that I've done. And I think for me, the challenge has been um, balance, <laughs> you know, quite frankly. Um, I think, um, um, you know, um, that balance with wanting to make sure we're doing the right thing with also making sure that, um, you know, we spend time balancing that with, you know, life, family, um, and all those other things um, that kind of rejuvenate us. Um, and it's still a struggle. Um, I have um, three little kids now, and it's important to me that I'm present in their lives as much as my parents were very present in mine. Uh, but I also realized that the, the roles and the jobs I have come with responsibility um, and being present there, but you know, making sure that number one is always family. So I would say in that long soliloq of an answer, um, um, I've constantly wrestled with balance um, and the ability to achieve balance in life. Um, and I remember just like, you know, you, as you guys are doing now as medical students, it's an all-consuming, it's an all-consuming um, aspect. With you're not studying, you're in class. You're not in class, you're worried about the next test and studying. And then you're worried about your career and you're worried about all these different things. So I, my heart goes out to you guys all the time um, because you're on a journey that is rewarding but it's a challenge um, and balance has been my challenge um, just, you know, ever since the earliest aspects of my career. Yeah. Thank you. And speaking for medical students, I think we can really, uh, we can say that we really appreciate those words. <laughs> and I also thought I'd ask how often do your kids use YouTube? Oh man. You know, so our kids, um, we, we, we manage our kids' screen time in general. Um, YouTube, for when they do have screen time, is very convenient because my kids are super picky about particular cartoons and particular... Um, uh, Coco Melon is very popular in our house. Well, particular cartoon characters that they want to see and a specific episode that they want to see about those again and again. So... YouTube is helpful for us because it allows us to drill down to that specificity, um, you know, to find the specific, which can be frustrating at times, but that specific person that they want to listen to um, um, in general. So in that in that end, uh, and that's the good thing about YouTube, you know, it's a it's a vast array of different um, um, uh, you know options and you know and and things, and that I think is what makes it attractive for you to ask questions, but also. You know, if you want to, again, watch Coco Melon um, and, you know, give your kids an hour or so of that, 
um, than, you know, being able to do that. So, um, so that, so that, and that was before I got this job. <laughs> so, uh, but now seeing it from the inside, you know, just understanding how much people care about not just content, but quality, um, um, is also, is important too. Absolutely. And I'm actually on my pediatrics rotation. So I've seen <laughs> Coco Melon more oh, on the screens than I ever have in my life. Oh, listen, listen. But, I'm going to tell you, I live Coco. I mean, literally, that is my, that is, I'm so engaged with Coco Melon. It's, it's a part of my ever being. Um, and, and my kids are, but now one's at six and eight. So they're also, you know, Paw Patrol and, how do we get on this rabbit hole? Of, oh, yes. But, but bringing, that, bringing that back in, what your work on YouTube and getting that quality health yeah. information out there could maybe even um, influence what your kids see on YouTube. Sure. Although they might not be watching healthcare things at this moment, yeah. but exposure yeah. at some point. Right. No, but I mean, the, the, the overall thing to just understand is, you know, so many patients, uh, consumers, individuals, who engage on YouTube have different life journeys, you know, and you want to be able to meet people where they are. And I think that's the, that's the benefits of, of a platform like that. Um, I know I often say things like, you know, as a patient, you know, you may leave a doctor's office having heard something that may be challenging, a challenging diagnosis, a challenging piece of information, and you're going to search it. You're going to look for videos. You're going to try to find something to help inform your next decision when, as, as you engage with your, provider. And that's where, you know, quality health information helps. If you wake up at two in the morning and you may not want to call your physician um, to two in the morning to answer that question, how can we as a platform uh, provide those resources so that, um, you know, people get correct information that can engage your healthcare provider along with their healthcare journey? I did want to ask, um, bringing it kind of back around, how has COVID affected your work? Yeah, you know, um, I think like all of us, COVID has been definitional. Um, I think certainly, you know, getting people accurate information about COVID across the world, you know, has been important. You know, we've done campaigns, not just in the U.S., but in the U.K., um, Germany, France, you know, um, Japan, um, uh, Brazil, um, you know, across the world. And just watching how the, the pandemic has evolved and tackling both proactive campaigns around health information, social distancing, and then vaccines, but also tackling misinformation, you know, across the world um, has been um, um, just, just, you know, an opportunity, but also um, a learning experience in terms of just understanding, as we all have learned during COVID, um, you know, um, how people get information, how they access information, and then how platforms like ours and others, including um, having clinicians present on platform is a big, big particular part. I, early on, um, you know, there was a really interesting experience we had where we combined um, uh, Dr. Fauci with the rapper Fat Joe. Um, and it was an interesting art of public health, watching Dr. Fauci kind of engage um, and watching Fat Joe pull out the health information that he know his audience needed. And at the end, you know, he asked, um, Fat Joe asked Dr. Fauci, he asked him, what's his favorite rapper? And Dr. Fauci actually had a really good answer. But it, it, what that for was, was, was introducing a note of relatability so that the audience would then relate to the information even more. And I think that's an important, that was an important lesson to understand. Again, just how you create engaging information about very important uh, topics, in particular around COVID. What do you think health IT will look like in 10 to 15 oh, years? I know we had talked about- Love that question. Uh, the goals for YouTube, but what do you yeah. think it will look like overall? 
Yeah, you know, I think increasingly, and COVID has done that, this idea of patient-centered care has been, um, it will, has been and will continue to accelerate. You know, patients want um, information. Um, they want information to come to them in a way that is understandable and accessible for them. Um, but as we've seen with telemedicine, you know, we're also understanding ways in which people can get care um, at home and not every visit needs to be in person. And all of these things are just extension of, of clinical medicine um, into the patient's homes, their lives um, in, a, in, 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 in ways that we should have been there. So I, so I often say, you know, like, um, um, you know, gone are the days of giving people flyers um, and they're looking for billboards to get their health information. Now people, they want to get in the palm of their hands. And that's a patient-centered way of accessing health information. And it goes along with all the other things we're starting with seeing in general. So I think um, overall, over the next you know, decade, um, two decades, three decades, we'll continue to see this idea of or this evolution. And the I mean, we've been talking about it in healthcare for such a long time, but now we're seeing it, um, um, where people want um, their, their lives to be the center of the healthcare system and the healthcare delivery and the way you get anything to them, services, information, et cetera. Um, not the opposite way around where we've had a very kind of um, institutional centric delivery model for healthcare. And now we have to think through the lives of patients more. Um, and I think that's what we'll continue to see an evolution of um, in many aspects of healthcare. And I think our role in it is around information quality. Um, but there's, you know, there's all these other aspects that I think just drive to the idea of patient-centered care in a very genuine way, as opposed to how we've thought, thought about it before. Thank you for sharing that. And finally, uh, do you have any social media handles or other channels where people can connect with you and follow your work? Yes. You know, um, uh, you know, I think um, you can, uh, all, of our, all of our YouTube health announcements, um, you'll see on our, um, uh, you know, we, we, we do them through our YouTube blog. Um, I promote them through, you know, uh, LinkedIn and um, ways, you know, our professional social media. So I'm, I'm there for, for connection and, um, and outreach. Um, and, you know, all of our, I think um, all of this is just um, different ways in which both we can connect professionally, but again, goes back to that bigger picture I was saying of, um, of how platforms and activities and, these kinds of things are just ways in which I think we are just creating a network of people to share health information and share um, um, uh, you know, their expertise in a variety of different ways. Well, everyone, that's all for today. Thank you for listening and thank you for your time today, Dr. Graham. This has been Making the Rounds, a podcast by the American Medical Association. You can subscribe to Making the Rounds and other great AMA podcasts wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts.